as we look here this morning, this evening, it's going to be very specific. You're not going to walk away scratching your head, trying to think to yourself, what's he trying to say? What exactly was he trying to mean? The past that she was preaching from? I'm sure that's not going to be the case, but I do pray by the grace of God that you choose to be wise about it. You know, as you're, um, as you're turning your Bibles, actually, I don't tell you what to turn yet, because pastor, you preach, pastor, you preach my message. I mean, the man literally did. I mean, he went down the past, he read it. I mean, he, it was in the Proverbs 22 one, but he read the passage, and I, I thought I was in safe ground by coming here, but apparently not so much. And so I'm going to throw a little bit of meat on it and call it a day. But actually, he went down the plow of exactly what I'll be speaking on. And so take your Bibles and turn the past. He's already told you to turn to. That's the book of Ephesians, will ya? Book of Ephesians chapter number six. Ephesians chapter number six. He read the exact phrase, the exact passage that I'm going to read here in just a moment. And I'm just going to be able to talk to you a little bit about this because I want to see what many people say about this passage. And then I want you to understand what the Bible actually is saying here in this passage. Right now, you, you know, I'll see about the landmarks and not moving those different things. You know, a lot of times when I preach to adults and different things, uh, I mean, I started preaching to teens in the very beginning because by default I was young. You know, I started preaching outside of my church at 16 years old. So when I began to preach out by default, I preached to those that were younger than I. And then as I got older, 21, and so I still began to preach mainly to teenagers. And I began to find out, man, this is what I believe. This is what man is. Even got older. This is what I genuinely enjoy and genuinely love doing. But one thing that was interesting, though, if you want to preach to it, when I preach to adults, a lot of times, you know, sometimes maybe after a message, somebody will come up at the end of the service and they'll hit me in the shoulder. Hey, brother, you stepped on my toes, you know, and you kind of plow down my row, they say in the South or something to that effect. Now, usually with adults, they'll do that. But there are some topics that you can preach on with adults that they don't even talk to you at the end of the service because they're so mad at you. In fact, the first two times that I even spoke upon the matter, I never had in ministry. I had traveled the United States back to forth. I mean, literally from Carolina to Vegas and back, every between. And I remember I only preached on this twice. And the two times I ever even preached on it, people would get up and leave the auditorium. You see, there's some things that adults might look and say, ah, you're you're talking about something really touchy, and there's something that is very, very critical. And with adults, the matter is family. Let me preach about the family. Gloves come off, baby. (laughs) Let me preach about the family. People get upset. Because, you know, if, if you're failing in your family... And your father, see, there's no one really to hide. I mean, the kids know. Yeah, you're lousy. You know, you don't do devotions. You know, you don't pray. You know, so it's like immediate accountability right there when you talk about the family. And so a lot of times, well, when you speak about the family, it gets very dicey in the house. Now, there is a number one with teenagers that if you preach upon, and even when I preach on that camp, I'll, I'll preach on that like a camp setting or whatever, and then I'll go to the dining hall, and I literally sat down with a group, and they just, they just fled. <laughs> because the matter is another dicey one as well. Now, I'm not speaking on that one, but I'm speaking on one that's pretty high on the list with teens. And I'm not trying to be bad or just poking, purposely poking and prodding, but I want you to remember this. Here's the statement. I'll say it at the beginning. I'll say it at the end. This thing's making me feel weird, so I'm going to move it to the side. All right. Now, you know what you find many times? This is, this is, this is a whole purpose statement. You ready? If you're not right with your authority, you're not right with God. All right? That's it. You know? I mean, literally, go ahead. Take a, you can go ahead and take a sabbatical now, but that's it. If you're not right with your authority, you're not right with God. Now, I want to look at this. 
You know, when we talk about authority, it gets a little dice in the house. But he read the passage, but let's read it again. And just so you can get the blood flowing, I don't do this in every message, but y'all have not stood up. Could just stand up with me for the reading of the Word of God, please? I don't always have this, but I know that y'all have been sitting for a while, except for those who are participating in special music. So I want to read these three verses together. Are you ready? In Ephesians 6, 1, it says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, can we read that verse together? Because I know many of you already know it. So let's go ahead and read it together. When I say Ephesians 6.1, we'll start reading. Are you ready? Ephesians 6.1. You ready? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Let me continue. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Why? That it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Thanks so much. Y'all can sit down. Thanks so much. You can have a seat. Now. Look at this, because this is a promise that is in the Bible that we do not want to ignore. Now, in verse number 3, it says that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. So basically, put in layman's terms, it's a long, happy life. God says if you do us in this passage right here, a long and healthy and happy life is promised. Now, you say, Adrian, come on, that sounds like one of those little fluffy marshmallow promises. No, 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 I'm just reading what the passage says. And inevitably, when I say that, somebody will raise their hand and say, Adrian, Adrian, listen, listen. I know somebody who obeyed their parents and they died early, Adrian. I know somebody who obeyed parents and they don't have that promise that is here. Now, there are two things I say to that. Number one, the sovereignty of God. I'm not grab my mind around it. You're not grab your mind around it. But there's something else as well. Is the Bible does not say if you obey your parents, you have this promise. It doesn't say that. <laughs> the Bible says... Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, period. You do not get a cookie for obeying your parents, okay? You don't get a certificate for obeying your parents. It says, look, that is your responsibility, that you have an authority within your life. And let me be clear, it not always sounds happy, doesn't always sound wonderful, but that's exactly what the passage says. Children, you are to obey your parents. Now, but look in verse 2. It says this. It says, honor. Now, let's say honor. Thy father and mother. Now it says, which is the first commandment with promise. Now, in the list of Ten Commandments, you know the different commandments. Now, number four, he says, i got a promise attached up to this one. And the promise that I attach to this one is, the promise is that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And so, therefore, you think to yourself, who indeed then, who will then honor their family, honor their mother and father? God says, I've got a promise attached to that like no other. So there has to be... And my mind, as I begin to wrestle, then what is the difference between obeying my authority and honoring my authority? Now, you're commanded to obey. <laughs> be home by nine. That's, that's obedience, to be there at nine. But, you know, sometimes there are many who obey who do not honor. I want to look at this. Because it gets kind of confusing. I want to be able to study this out. So let's pray together. Then we'll talk about this, all right? Father, thank you for this time. Well, I thank you for your word. I love the Bible. I love to teach the Bible. But Lord, I pray for my love, even though I have for the Bible, for the things of God, that it will be correctly, Lord, Lord, focused. Lord, I pray that you would just help me to be able to, Lord, preach clearly in an understandable way. Lord, I pray that you would use your word to convict and prod people's lives. Lord, I pray that you would empty me of myself and fill me with thy spirit to say the things you would have me to say, Lord, in these moments we have together. Lord, take from my mind things that I don't need to say. Lord, Lord, remove from my mind thoughts that don't need to be there. But, Lord, place in my mind thoughts maybe I have not even studied things that, Lord, weren't even necessarily on my mind to say. Lord, add those things because you're 
your Holy Spirit's power. Lord, I believe this. I believe that you can do a work, Lord, within our midst. I believe you can use these teenagers, Lord, where they are. And I pray to you just be able to do that. And the Lord, in a very real way, for these moments we have together, for then Christ, when you pray it on. Amen. Now, time out. Before we jump into the message, let me make a preface statement, then we'll jump back in, okay? Now, a lot of times when we talk about family, it gets a little dicey. I get it, right? Some of you come from different family backgrounds, whatever. You might have mom, dad. You might be raised grandma, granddad. You could be raised by uncle, aunt. You could be like me, have one person, one person living in one state, one dad living in one state. You got uh, mom living in this state. Okay, we have a lot of different family scenarios that God never intended. I get it. But listen to this very clearly, is that God knows exactly what situation he has placed within your life, and he is not looking looking down from heaven, going, oh, my bad, I forgot. They are in that situation right there. No, whatever God-ordained authority he has placed in your life is to whom you are to submit to. And I understand that many times we may look at it, we think to our situation is so different than everybody else, and that it's an asterisk referred to the bottom of the page because it is so different than everybody else. But listen to me, God has placed all of our life authority to whom we're to submit to. And as we go through this, we're going to see the difference. We understand obedience. We get it. I get it. But do you got to understand this matter about honoring the authority that God placed in your life. Now, the Bible also says in the book of Romans and other passages that you're supposed to honor all men. Now, those people that are in authority over you. Now, obviously, in this particular context, we are looking at parents, and that's the direction I want us to look at here during the time we have together. So, I begin to tear apart the word honor, and I begin to see the differences between the two that may not be that may be highlighted more than the other. So, the first thing I looked up when we talk about honor, number one, has this idea of showing respect slash also value to regard highly, to, to think much of. Now, when I say a matter about respect, everyone naturally says, oh, you're making sure I say thank you, you're welcome, and all of the pleasantries that I am supposed to address my authority. I'm not going to call my dad by his first name. I'm not going to call my mom by whatever. But do you know what? If you really respect your authority and honor your authority, and I needed to find out, and I was the chief investigator to be able to find out if you honored your authority, do you know I would talk to you? Not necessarily your parents. I talk to your friends. Because your friends really know what you think about your mama. You know, your, your friends really know what you think about your dad. Hey, you know what? I would say, hey, hand me your phone. Let me see your text messages. If I want to know what you thought about your teacher at your school, I would say, hey, let me see your Facebook inbox. Let me see what has been said concerning that specific instructor. You know, many times it is very easy to put on a very good smile and be able to say the pleasantry things that we ought to say. And then many times you know as well as I do is the things that were heard about between clo- behind closed doors or the things that have been texted back and forth inside the youth group would tear your dad apart. You know the things that have been mentioned concerning your mom at that sleepover would be something that would bring her to tears. And what I'm saying is, you may obey, but let's not pretend that we are honoring. You say, Adrian, you're so mean. No, I don't want you to be confused of what is being said here about honoring. Show respect. You know, I think sometimes uh, media has helped this a lot, has to, uh, that we are, that we are entitled and owed. So that means if, um, they don't, they gotta earn it. They gotta earn my trust. They gotta earn my respect. And I get, I get where the philosophy comes from. I get where our thoughts might derive that way. But I'm telling you, my friend, we have no right. Sometimes it's just kind of what we think for ourselves. Oh, I have, you know what? If mom and dad just something to tick me off, then I can run to my room. I can slam the door, put the heads under my, my pillow under the head, and, and they gotta come up the stairs and, and offer me half the world for me to speak to them again. It's wicked. It's wicked. It's not honoring. No, you, you look at this, and, 
And when I, when I think of it, and I take two steps back, and I really just begin to analyze. And I'm not saying that never in my life that I am totally guiltless, but when I look at it, you begin to see, my friend, that God in heaven is looking down at these people that says, well, God, how come I don't have that promise? And he looks at all these scenarios of how things have been said. I wish you were never my mom. I wish you were never. You look at these scenarios. Well, God, I obeyed my authority. Please. Listen very closely. If you're not right with your authority, again, you are not right with God. You know, um, sometimes, unfortunately, this is the case. Some of you can play your parents like a fiddle, man. My soul. Play mom against dad. Play dad against youth pastor. Play youth pastor against principal. I mean, just turn the tears on the right time. Just be able to do it. Just be able to figure out exactly what it be. You know, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, um, I don't know where you go to school. If you're Christian school, if you go homeschool, whatever. And, uh, uh, I, I, let's just say that normally this is the new, normal routine. Get home from school or the, whatever, put it in your context. But, you know, mom says, so how you doing? How was your day? And this is what they get out of you. Yeah, all right, all right. You know, they go back to texting. Shh, mom, I'm texting Sarah. I just saw her five minutes ago. She's asking me how I'm doing. So mom, oh, shh, please, as I text Sarah, you know, and go back texting Sarah or whatever. And go to the dinner table. Here's dad. So how was the day? Yeah, all right. Can I go now? I mean, I, I think I got a couple more likes on my Instagram post that I really got to check because I might be a really, really good, there might be some really good comments there. Foosh, there you are, you know, back to the room you go. And then it's like, but, you know, but sometimes when I talk about this matter about playing, the parents just kind of like, you know, let there be like there's an activity coming up. They're going to the sky zone. They're going to all this stuff. It's going to cost like 50 bucks, you know, whatever. Come home, mom says, so how are you doing? Oh, great, great. I learned a lot from the Bible in cruise school today. Learned a lot from the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Things are going well. Um, dad comes home. <clears throat> hey, honey. Hey, daddy, give me a hug, daddy. Was that guy mean to you at work today, daddy? I tell you, I know it's been rough with that new supervisor. <laughs> I see so many just play them. It's wicked. It's wicked. It's not on. You know, teens, that's why there's such an incredible price tag and promise on this. You know, I remember I was a senior in high school, and uh, I drove myself to school. I had a, <laughs> my older brother had a car, it was a beat-up car, but then I inherited it when he went to college. And so since I was a year younger, it's something interesting about this car, though. It had a big hole in the radiator. So every morning you had to wake up, <laughs> you had to put a, a pitcher of water inside of the car, and then that pitcher of water lets you go 16 or so miles, and it would always get me there to school and back. But I was cool because I had a car. <laughs> I remember I drove myself to school. Man, it was fantastic. And I remember I parked my spot, parked in my regular spot at school. My mom was the administrator at the school, at the Christian school I went to. And I remember that as a little while into the day, she had to run an errand. And so she took the car, well, my car technically, and, and she drove it somewhere and she put it back. But she didn't know the rule. You can't just drive that car. And so she just drove it and put it back with putting no water in it. Well, I got out of school, didn't think anything of it, and, and I remember I, I jumped in the car and I said, you know what, I'm going to get me a haircut. And so I, I drove to the barber shop to get me a haircut, and, and as I'm driving back to get to the house, I'm not sure you've seen the movie Herbie, the little car, the 53 on it, you know, the little cart. I don't know if y'all have that in candy. Yeah, I have in candy, though. Sure, sure, right? Okay. Now you're driving that, and the, and the curb, they put the weird stuff in his tank, and the whole thing will go like that. That started happening to the car. I thought to myself, what on earth did I do? Did I not put water in it? I began to crucify myself. What on earth? That is going to kill me. I'm like, well, I didn't know what I did. I pulled to the side of the road. By this point, smoke is going everywhere. I thought to myself, oh, my soul. I, I tried everything I knew to do. And eventually, I finally had to do it. I had to call my dad. Remember, I called my dad. 
man could hold the phone down here as he was yelling at me. I thought, my goodness, I thought I'd put water in the car. He came squealing in. My dad's last ticket, literally, he was exceeding 100 miles per hour. And as he came inside, he came squealing in. He had a decked up, decked out um, Ford Explorer at the time. He came in squealing to that parking lot. Man, he threw that door open. He ramped to me. And I remember at this point, my, my dad didn't go to church or anything, but, it's, you know, there's this group of people that have now surrounded us and watching. They're not helping, they're watching me. I remember that, that my dad walked up in there and he cussed me out one side and down the other man he called me names i hadn't even heard of is that even legal you know i didn't even know what these names were man he got right man and just called me the scum of the earth and that is the g-rated version of what he did and i remember man he chewed me out and as he was screaming my face i remember what i told him after he finished yes sir yes sir that is still your dad I still your mom. I didn't say it was great. <laughs> I didn't say it was wonderful. But that is still the authority that God has placed in your life. It's your job to honor. It's your job to show respect. You know, you look at obeying. Yeah, that's great. It's great. Honor first has the idea of showing respect and valuing. But then secondly, has this in 1 Timothy 6, 6, you, you cross-reference this as well. But show respect value. But secondly, has the idea of also being thankful. Or the aspect is to prize that which I have been given. You know, um, a quick poll. I don't know this from Adam. But who said um, homeschool? Raise homeschool. Homeschool. All right. Homeschool. Down. Uh, Private school, Christian school, private school, private school, Christian school, whatever you call it. And public school, raise your hand. Oh, man, y'all are like an even mix. It's like a blend, 30-30. Okay, you can put your hands down. Now, can I speak to those real quick that are in a private or a homeschool situation? It's because that's where, I, that's where I went to school, and I understand that just a little bit, just for just a moment as I give this quick illustration, okay? When I think about this matter about Thanksgiving and being thankful that which I've given, you know what? Um, many of you realize money doesn't grow in trees. You've grown up to realize that, and so obviously for you to be able to attend either a private school or, or a homeschool situation, that it costs extra to be able to do that. In fact, during my high school speech, I added up how much it costs my parents to send me to Christian school. My dad is a car Fanatic, And I put it in car terms of what he could have possibly owned had he decided not to send me to a Christian school. And it really resonated really with him because it showed the sacrifice that he was making for me and my brothers. And I remember that this and I, and I just wonder, you know, those that have that kind of scenario. Let me ask you a fair question. And that is this. Do your parents hear more complaining or more Thanksgiving of your choice of school? <laughs> Do they hear more of, can't go there, can't watch that, can't be there, don't let us do that, they make us go here, we can't involve in that, can't be in that sports program. Do they hear more complaining or more thanksgiving of the sacrifices that are being made in your life right now? You know, you even go through, even do a, a, a conference like this, or, or maybe go and it's easy to look at all the holes of, well, the other youth group gets to go to such and such, and oh, this other youth group that, that's at my friend's church and my cousin's church, they didn't get to go such and such, and every Every time we can seriously find and pick apart even the blessings that God places within our lives. Listen to me. God says this man is a matter about honor is also just showing thanksgiving for what you have been given. Hey, listen, I got a quote. I don't know when I came up with this quote, but I like it. And if it's in a book one day, you remember me, right? Here it is. If you can't thank God for the hot dogs, then don't expect the filet mignon. Let me say it again. Some of y'all didn't grasp that because... You'd be writing fervently right now. 
you can't thank God for the hot dogs that don't expect the flame and young. Listen close. If you can't thank God for what you've got right now, they don't expect it to get any better. You can't thank God for the parents you have right now that don't expect it to get any better. If you can't thank God for the situation he's put you in right now, then don't expect it to change. You know what changed my life? You know what? I mean, can I tell you this little story about my dad cussing me out? Man, I've been cussing I don't know how many times in my life. Man, we went to blows for crying out loud. It's not a matter of like one or two, three, four times. But you know what changed my relationship? It was two things. It's two things changed my relationship. Number one was understanding a soul thing answer turns the way you have, but grievous words stir up anger. If you continue one to strife and you continue to want hardship and different things, keep on throwing out the little bit. Those little zingers and, and keep on throwing out those petty insults. Keep on going down that route. And that is continually what you'll have the rest of your life. But he also changed me as well. Not only just man, just having a soft answer, but then thanking God for what he did through right in my life. Look, we had a family business. We were landscapers. You know what? We, we started that business when I was 16. That, that, that business made it that I could be able to graduate from college debt-free. When I graduated debt-free from college, do you know what kept us afloat? Is that family business. And after I left dad with that landscaping business, do you know what? He would work to the point where he couldn't even get off of the chair to be able to go and work. I mean, sometimes my mom would have to come and you had the little trailer back in that you'd have to pick up. He would be worked so hard that day that my, my, my mom would have to come up there and help him pick up that trailer back to be able to do it while I was at college. You know what? There are some things right. He didn't do right in my life. There are some aspects that no, it wasn't so, fu- it wasn't so fuzzy. It wasn't always kindling, but there were some things he did do right in my life. And it's my choice to thank God for what he did do right. So often you can see only the negative thing in your family. Sometimes you only see that which is not happening and that which could be better and what so-and-so else has in their family and how that dad chose the line and how that mom isn't so moody and how that dad doesn't have such a temper and how this person has doesn't have these different things. I'm saying thank God for what he's given you. Or guess what? Live with it. Live with it. No, you look at honor. Yeah. Yeah, it's more than obey. You show respect. You value. But more than value as well, it shows the idea of, of being thankful. And lastly, oh, this is great because it's a combination of words. This is the last, and then I'm going to put a conclusion on this and wrap it up, all right? Is this. Is, is regarding, has a regard for another person's feelings. It has the idea of being considerate. Considerate. Now, here, here's, here's the, here, let me just give an illustration of what I mean by that. Let's just say your parents are uh, make better grades, make better grades, right? And uh, they own your case about making better grades. And let's say that you come home and you got the progress report, report card, whatever you call it. <coughs> you come home and you got the report card. You did well in school or you made the team or whatever they've been on your case about. And there they are. They're over that table. They're talking. You finally did it. You finally did it. You got the card to prove it. You walk over and they're having a little chit-chat session over here. And you're walking over and you slap that report card down. Bam. And they say, what's this? That's my report card. All right, great, great. They look at it. Oh, good job, good job, good job. And they go back to talking. Now, before you run and, and go on mess, Facebook Messenger, tell all your friends how your parents don't care about your life and, and that you wish you had somebody different because no one cares about you. You can, just, you can just totally be invisible and no one else would ever know. And so before you go crazy, before you go crazy, take two seconds and be considerate of the person. Say, what do you mean? You don't know what they're talking about. They could be getting ready to lose the house. Grandma could be sick. Things happen that make a person not respond correctly to situations that happen in life. Do you know what is better than a teen that looks and says, 
You're so lousy. It's a team that shows respect and consideration for the parents. You know, I take very seriously, like you have no idea, I take very seriously the parenting of my two girls. Very seriously. Why do I live in a fifth-wheel trailer? We live there 365 days a year. We live in a fifth-wheel trailer. You know why? Because I choose not to leave my family and preach across the entire nation. I choose. And it's hard. <laughs> it's difficult. It is pain- painful. It's not painful. It's expensive. It is crazy. But I, I totally take seriously, it's my job to raise my girls. And there's many times I mess up. I remember one time we were staying at a hotel, and uh, Janae's the youngest, and she was, she was a baby. She was crying, crying at night. And so I knew my other girl, she was four years younger, Jasmine, couldn't sleep. And so I knew she couldn't sleep, and I know that it was a small hotel room. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to go. And I left my wife, and I laid by Jasmine, and I said, I'll just talk to her. And so we're just laying there in bed, and Janae's crying, crying. I said, so Jasmine, what do you want to do when you grow up? She said, Daddy, I want to be a pineapple. <laughs> I said, I'm... I'm raising, a, I'm raising a queen right here. <laughs> pineapple. I said, why do you want to be a pineapple? Well, I want to poke people, daddy. <laughs> and I was like, man, we've done too much Facebook in here poking people now. And <laughs> My wife, I, I mean, we had a chuckle about it. I told my wife the next day. And so, Danae was crying another night. And so, uh, I, I went back to the, the bed again. And I thought I would follow up on the, the pineapple conversation. But I lay beside her. And I was lay beside her. She said, Daddy, actually, actually, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I want to do exactly what you do. Daddy, I, Daddy, I, uh, you preach to the adults and I'll do the teens. <laughs> I'll preach to the teens. You know, as a dad, you know, I mess up. I mess up. I can tell you in Stevensburg, Virginia, at Camp Red Arrow, that I came down on my daughter because I thought she had done something at the craft room. I took her out and I said, Jasmine, I was upset. I looked back and I found out that it wasn't her. And I remember the bench of Camp Red Arrow sitting down saying, Jasmine, Daddy was wrong. I messed up. Let me tell you, I am not your family's lawyer. But they mess up. They mess up big time sometimes in your life. And what I'm saying is you are so much more gracious instead of a daughter who's going to hold it over my head. Remember remember when you said that to me, Dad? Remember when you you embarrassed me? Remember when you did that, Dad? Instead of doing that, just a daughter who's just considerate. Your daddy messed up. Honor. Now listen. Now, so listen. This I, I'm wrapping up. This is the conclusion, right? But let's not sit here and compare my story, your story, my story to your story. Now, let's not think of that. Let's compare ourselves to the example of Jesus. Now, do not lose me. But you know that on the cross, there's only seven saints. But do you know as Jesus was on the cross, he didn't say much, did he? Didn't say much. But as he was dying (laughs) for the sins of all of mankind, you know one thing he did do? He looked down from the cross and he found his mom. 
And he, in essence, told John to take care of my mother. If Jesus, in the midst of dying for the sins of all mankind, can show enough respect to his mother. Man, some of you are still holding things over their head that happened years ago. I answer text messages. I'm not going to go act like everything's okay. That help us. You know, you look at this. Back to the initial thing that I said. If you're not right with your authority, you're not right with God. Let me be very blunt. Some of you are seniors. Getting ready to take big steps within your life. And some of you say, well, I believe that God wants me to go. Listen very clearly, clearly, and listen to me. Don't disrespect what I'm saying, so I don't want you to... I, I know it's going to sound rough, but listen to me. If you are not right with your authority, the will of God is not clear to you. If you are not right with the authority, you don't know the will of God at the backside of a barn. Why? Because the will of God for your life right now is to make things right with the authority that God has blessed you with. God is not showing His map to somebody who is not even in obedience to what he's already asked them to do. So how goes it? Somebody need to write a letter tonight. That I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You probably don't know, but I do. Some you guys need to go to your men. You need to put your arms around your neck like you haven't done in a long time. Sorry, Mom. Some of you, it's so obvious the tension between you and a parent that you don't even have to put it into words. Now listen. Listen very closely. Well, Brother Agent, that's just the way we are. That's just the way we handle things. We just, yeah, we just scream. We just get it off our chest. That's how you feel. Let me remind you of something. Listen, listen. I know they can be forgiven, but listen to me. When those words came from your mouth, I wish you were never, I wish you were never, Mom. I'm going to just let you know that those words are not forgotten. They just don't roll off the back. They need somebody to walk them and say, I know I can't take it back. But I am genuinely sorry for what I said. Dean, I don't know who it is. Pastor, friend, whoever, whoever person within our life that maybe we're not right with. But in this context of authority, this is when we lose the, ah, you stepped on my toes to you don't even speak. Because it requires such humility upon our part. Could we do this? Michelle, are you playing the piano? Do you mind doing that for just playing something for us? Could we do this? Could we bow our heads and close our eyes just for a moment? We bow our heads, close our eyes. I am not one to have fuzzy invitations. If you don't know what I mean by fuzzy, I mean let's all be better Christians, so let's come and pray about it. We all need to be better Christians, all right? I get it. I want to be very specific. First, I want to ask this question so I kind of know going forward, even the rest, of this, the rest of this weekend for tomorrow, of this question here. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, could you just participate just for this moment? This is nothing weird. If you say, Brother Adrian, 
hey, look, I'm not saying everything in my life is right. I'm not saying everything in my life is perfect. But I do know that I am saved. I know that I'm on my way to heaven. If I die, I know I go to heaven. I know that I am a child of God. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I just want to know. Get a litmus test where we are. Say, Brother Adrian, I know I'm saved. I know if I died, I'd go to heaven. Could you raise your hand just for a moment? Thank you so much. You can put your hands down. Thank you so much. Anybody in the house say, Brother Adrian, you know what? I don't know that. You know, uh, Pastor, he touched on it a little bit here during his session earlier. But he said, Brother Adrian, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure I'm on my way to heaven. I'm not positive that if I were died that I would go to heaven. Is there anybody like that inside their house? I'm not going to walk up to you. I'm just curious. Would you raise your hand and just put it down? I'm the one. Pastor, he's looking. I just want to know just as we go forward because I just want to get a little where we're at. Now, obviously, the message has been very, very pointed concerning the matter about authority. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, Michelle, you can play whatever you choose to play on the piano. Who can just say this? You know what, Brother Adrian? I'm going to be wise. I'm not going to do the whole little simple thing, look around, get a litmus test, how the spirits move in and everybody else's life. This is between you and God. If you're a foolish person inside this room, please just respect the time, respect the atmosphere of what's going on. If you're a scorner, I beg you, heed God's word. But if you're inside this room, you want to be wise. Say, Brother Adrian, God has genuinely spoken to my heart about a specific person, a specific person that I need to make things right with. Things are not right between me and my mom, me and my pastor, me and my teacher. I don't know. It's not my business to know. But who would say, Brother Adrian, God spoke to my heart in a very real way about somebody, an authority figure that I need to make things right with. Would you raise your hand, please? Would you raise your hands? Don't scratch your just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Thank you so much. You can put your hands down. Thank you so much. Make things right. Now, could I ask you to do this? I would like for you to put your backs against the pew, please. And just bow your head. Not your body, just your head. Please, just bow your head. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm not trying to order you around. I just want to be clear as far as an invitation. Here is the purpose of an invitation. I want you to understand. I want you to make a plan. You just raise your hand to acknowledge. That's great. That's just one thing, just to know that God has spoken to your heart. And I appreciate you doing so. But can I ask you in implore you to right now make a plan of what you are going to do. Not just I need to fix it so one day I will. No, no, no. You know where dad sits at night. You know you know his cell phone number crying out loud. You can set up. Maybe he has that work. Maybe he works third shift. Maybe your mom might be asleep by the time this is over with. Maybe that's the case. But you find out you're going to write a letter. What are you going to do to make things right with the authority figure that God has placed on your heart to make things right with. Now, the music is playing. This is not some type of psychological type thing. In just a moment, I'm going to have every person stand to their feet. If God has spoken to your heart to make things right, I want you just to right now, I mean, not then, not right now, but then, I'm going to ask you that you come to this altar and you make a plan. Not sit here and just make a public show. Not sit here. I'm not going to walk up to you and say all these different things. I just want you to bow a knee before God and say, God, help me to be able to
invitational song. If nobody moves, if nobody begins to pray, that is fine. I'm going to pray, turn things over to Pastor Heath, and on with the day we shall go. But if God spoke to your heart in such a way, in just a moment we all stand, I'm going to invite you. That's exactly what invitation is. I invite you and invite you to come and pray and make a plan. Are we clear? I hope you understand. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Can we stand to our feet across the building? Stand to our feet across the building. Heads still bowed, eyes still closed. But as you're standing your feet across the building, if God has spoken to your heart, then right now, I want you to come here to the front. Right now, I just want you to pray. You ain't got to sit there and wait for the, the infamous shuffle, shuffle, shuffle to happen around you. If God has so spoken to your heart and that way, right now, I am imploring you right now, teenager, to make a plan of what that's going to happen. What does it look like? Get practical. Get specific. You got to apologize for something? Don't use generic terms. Man, get specific. You said what? And that's what I'm sorry for. As the piano plays right now, and as God's going to speak to heart, I'm going to hush. And as I hush, I pray. I don't want anybody just talking and singing or different things to your mind. I just want it to be that we understand what God is doing inside of our hearts and our lives. And so right now, I want you to focus. God help give wisdom to these teens. Right now, would you just pray? Would you just pray?